tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, everybody, welcome to the Legend of Korra after show joining me this week is mr tory miller hey hey and along the lines of legend of core mr tory miller just received his black belt in what style Kutuan. so yeah you're the most qualified person on this panel to be talking about all of these crazy martial arts shenanigans and <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i'm john quick unfortunately miss liz rishmaui will not be joining us this week as she is currently gallivanting all across Japan. Jealous. Super jealous. I don't know. I don't know where she is right now. If she's in Kyoto, Osaka, or Tokyo, but man, I I just wish it was me, not her. <laughs> really do. Well, we'll bend the timeline and switch you guys. Does that sound good? I can live with that. I can definitely go forward. But speaking of going forward, God, I just talk about this episode so this is uh episode for the calling and very kind of it's very kind of strange episode in a lot in a lot of ways it yeah. was kind of a character centered episode mostly all around um tenzin's three kids on their on their quest to find cora and then cora in the swamp you know talking with Toph trying to actually make that connection mm-hmm. with her spiritual side and let go of her i guess let go of her like past yeah. Um, I mean, I felt like, I guess, it seemed duly put, or it seemed to be in a good place because we had just had a really intense episode last week. And so they're like, all right, we'll introduce some levity into the the series just to kind of get people back on track, make them know that we're not going to be a sob fest the whole time. Um, and so, yeah, we spend a little more time with the kids and have a... As you said earlier, harken back to the old uh, Last Airbender days. Yeah, this um this this episode was like a lot about connections. Like Toph is always talking about how you're disconnected, and um you know Janora is like I cannot sense you know core core spiritual energy. Like Cora is Cora is very disconnected. She has a speech about how you know how disconnected or out of balance Cora's enemies were, and then. And then just kind of the disconnect between the the different siblings and how they want to do stuff. But then like there's all the other different connections. This this felt very much like yeah like an episode of Last Airbender, and was even the connection was made by Iki and Milo saying that it's like oh grand it's like well Grandpa Lang and his friends were doing this back you know back in in uh, their days like we are the same age as them yeah um, which was a nice little touch because yeah uh, it it is kind of weird to send your, like, children out into the world, but, like, when you put it in that context, it's like, okay, yeah, that's how things, that's how things roll in the Airbender community. Well, I I think Janora is at least, like, 15? Probably by now, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, so, I, I can't even, I think maybe Iki is, like, six, seven, or eight? Um, I think closer to nine, probably nine or ten. Um, cause I would say that Milo is more... Oh uh, yeah, I was, that's for some odd reason I got it. Yeah, I guess, I guess like Iki might be like 11, 12, and Milo is probably like maybe 8. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... Yeah, it's it does seem odd from like our perspective of just sending your children out into the world to go find somebody, especially you know throughout the war torn and now hostile Earth Empire. <laughs> yeah, I won't send my kids to the store, and you're sending them all across the universe. Well, you know, Pema. Well, Pema at the very start is like, shouldn't you be going with them? And Tenzin's like, President Raiko asked me to stay here to, you know, hopefully find a diplomatic solution to the Kuvira problem. Yeah. Which, you know, not. I mean, you know, a for effort, son, but not that ain't gonna happen. Nope. It's uh, but I mean, I mean, I guess it's good that they're that they're trying. Like, and the Repu- I guess you know, Republic City is just like. I mean, surely we that this is not going to come to 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 war or bloodshed. But we we've seen deeper into Kuvira, and that this will only end in full scale war. Yeah, in some way. There's no way she's going to relinquish power uh, just by her own free will. Uh, she's either going to have to die, or they're going to have to take her prisoner. Which won't go well with the masses anyway. Yeah, and that's that actually when that when it comes down to that, I'm not sure because she might she might go down a martyr then at that point if the United Republic. But that's that is speculation, and <laughs> right. that's going forward in the here and now. We just have you know Milo, Iki, and Genora packing up Pepper to go on their their adventure. And Milo insisting that they don't need the food that their mom has made for them because we're going to live off the land. But, you know, they have the little happy faces on them. You <laughs> got to the, take them. On the, uh, happy faces on the buns. But this one's smudged, so I can't <laughs> take this one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Milo was the star of this episode. Yeah. All his little quips and one-liners. and Though he is a little bit sexist, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he he really is. I don't know where I, he acts like his uncle Boomy. Yes, in a very weird way, which I I'm really wanting to see now. Boomy in the new Airbender costume and him and Milo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just quip quip contest. Yeah, it's got to come. He's got to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it, and but just you know, as they as they pack everything up, you know, it, it's it's just so weird. Like Tenzin sending him on this vital mission, and then he's just like, "Now listen to Jinora; she's in charge." <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I I don't even I don't even know what to, to. It's that's such a I guess surreal cartoon moment is like the only thing you can chalk it up to. Yeah, I mean, well, she is a master. Um, I mean, which is the argument that she makes, but you can't. You can't expect your kids to be like, yeah, totally. The oldest, we're definitely going to listen to. It's like, no, it's going to be chaos. Yeah, no sibling. Like, yeah, you can't tell your siblings. It's like, you can't tell, like, three siblings. is like, now listen to the oldest. They're in charge. Their yeah. immediate thing is like, we're away from mom and dad. We don't have to listen to you exactly. anymore. Which is kind of what me like, which is kind of what Milo does. So at the... So they take off. They they land on this like plateau, like somewhere within um, now the the Earth Empire, and Genora like sits down to to meditate because like that's the, the the only leads that they have because it's been six months since since anyone has seen Korra at all. Like we know where she is, mm-hmm. but nobody in the world has even the slightest clue. And so J- the only way Genora can think is it's like, well, she's the Avatar. She's obviously spiritually connected. I can you know use my airbending spirit powers to find her right and so she sits down to meditate and like Iki immediately is just like hey if you find Cora say hi for me (laughs) (laughs) did you find her yet yeah are we there yet no yeah Yeah, just like Iki's just absolute impatience she's just she's like Janora's spirit powers just aren't working (laughs) (laughs) she has to concentrate it's like give me more than two seconds 
But but Milo's Milo's immediate thing was just like, we have to take action. We're going to go to that town and find her. And then he rolls out a drawing of Korra, which is actually good. Super photorealistic. Um, Like, part of me hopes that that's like fan art, that they were like, this is good. We're going to put it in the show. That would be awesome. Yeah. And it's... But I, I, I just think it's a nice touch because you would think that it would just be like a crappy little <laughs> stick drawing, but in reality, it's like this like wonderfully done portrait. And again, like like Iki said, it's like you drew this. Like I was the same way. I was like, when did he learn to do this? <laughs> um, well, under his weird exterior, he's he's so organized and like militaristic. Like you could imagine that he's just like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to draw today, and he does it. But on the flip side, he invented fartmen. <laughs> yes. So, like, he's an innovator. Yeah, and innovator is a word to describe <laughs> Milo. Also, cute and adorable. So that 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 first Earth Nation person that they talk to, who like is an old lady, and Milo just goes up, like, just all serious, is like, "Ma'am, have you seen this woman?" And she's like, "Aren't you just cute?" <laughs> Man, I'm I'm not cute. I'm on a mission. <laughs> Which is, it's kind of a weird, like, it's kind of a weird thing, like, that, like, it's like, hey, we're looking for this missing person. You're just adorable. It's, like, <laughs> not even addressing it. Right. So, I, I like, you know, I don't know, but that kind of, like, typifies, like, the, like, it's the rest of their journey, just, like, going through, just, like, going, like, almost skipping around to random towns. Like, right. just showing this picture, which, you know, they can they can do because they're airbenders. They're just like, all right, there's nothing here. Fly to the next one. It's not, it doesn't seem like they're, you know, away for very long, but they're getting around. As much yeah. As I mean, they're just, I mean, cause uh, there aren't any leads and now Cora looks completely different. So even if they had seen Cora, they wouldn't necessarily make that connection. Yeah. And the, and then they go to the, the one, like uh, the one guy with the nose piercing is like, there's like, we're looking for the avatar and he goes, we still have one of those. <laughs> Um, which, yeah, like, kind of echoes what everyone's been feeling this whole season, where it's just like, I mean, do we need her? Uh, she's still a thing that should exist. And so I like that that kind of punched it in there. Yeah, that was, like, just an extra bit, just an extra bit. Like, they can't find her, nobody's seen her, and it doesn't seem like really anybody cares. Yeah. And, but then on the flip side, we have, you know, Milo flirting with the, the random flower girl. Uh, what was her name? Let's see. Um, Tula, I think, was her name. Oh, yes. Um, that was, he's so smooth. Like, he's just like, hey, what should I call you other than beautiful? beautiful. I was like, I'm gonna steal that so hard. He's like, he's, he's like, I'm gonna seek top secret mission. Really? Yeah, I've seen things. What kinds, what kinds of things? Weird. Things. <laughs> uh, telling you, man, that's, Milo has style. He's got, he's got style. He's got some kind of moves. I, I, I want him to maybe elevate him at some point above, like, human cartoon, which yeah. is kind of, like, what he's supposed... Yeah, he's a human cartoon in a cartoon <laughs> show. Yeah, all right, yes. But, like, that, like that's kind of, like, his character role. Janora's the serious type. Iki is, like, this, like, you know, random hyper type. And then Milo is just, like, this human cartoon character where just, like, whatever extreme we need to balance the other two out at this given time, just let him go with that. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, he's he's traditionally the comic relief, and so like, and I I think that at some point he'll get a little more serious, like when things go down. Yeah. But like at this point, we don't really need him to be anything more than he is. I mean, that's how Bolin started. I mean, he's essentially grown up, but now, but like they're essentially the same kind of character type. Yeah, 
I guess I guess like they always need they they always have like some kind of setup like that. They have that pr- with Prince Wu and Mako right now. Yeah. And so like they fi- but like after like we're we're a good like, you know, bit into this episode before they finally get their first lead where they run into the sushi guy. Mhm. Which isn't even like a solid lead. It's just like, "Hey, Cora was here." And then that's it. He was like, <laughs> "It was 6 months ago." So it's just like they're almost like exactly where they started. Yeah. And which Milo expresses the frustration and blames Iki for it. Just it's always Iki's fault. Just the way you do. It's it's surprisingly for characters that really haven't had a genuine amount of like screen time, except for like a little bit in like season two. Yeah. And you know, Janora got like a lot of development, but Iki and Milo have just been like the two weird kids in the background. Like now we're seeing kind of like what their sibling dynamic is and mm-hmm. like how they react to everything. So you know that's. I get like I guess like it's like the all of this first step all this first part of this episode is just setting up like who these characters are when we get into the the meat of it later. Yeah, just kind of showing us where they've come to and who they have become, I guess. And like I was talking to Katie, our our former host from last season, um, and she was saying that it, everything that happened, especially with Iki, was like classic middle child stuff, and so like that was where the the main epicenter of feels was it re- later when she gets like just throughout like yeah. how they're treating her like because milo has his own ideas and janora is trying to be the serious one and then no one's listening to her because she's on the the she's middle ground the of this yeah yeah of all of all of this but although although speaking though of straddling the fence that's not a great segue but we're <laughs> If you don't have any mixed feelings about it. I just need to make a list of seg- like good segues. <laughs> just like, all right, this doesn't lead into this. But anyway, continuing on. So <laughs> they fu- so we go now to, like, Korra and Toph in the swamp. And this is another one of those things. So, like, Toph is just lounging, basically being Toph. Which, like, before, I think last last week I talked about how I think, like, Toph is hiding. And I still think that she she's hiding in a sense, but she's not hiding because she's afraid of anything. I think mm-hmm. she genuinely, she's hiding because she genuinely doesn't want to involve herself in anything that's going on. She feels as though, I did my part. I raised two great kids. The world has other people to pick up the slack. There's no need for me to do that. I'm old. I'm going to go soak my feet for a week in some mud. <laughs> and she, you know, you, you can't argue with, like, she's earned it. She is. Like, you know, she she's the old warrior who's retired, and she's just like, nope, I'm staying retired. You can clearly do this. Right. And, like, this swamp in essence, is the best place for her. Like, she can feel connected to everything that she loves. She can see her friends. She or she can uh, convene with the spirits. Like, I think that for her being this, like, wise, sage person, um, it's literally the only place that she could feel at home. Like, if she went back to the city, it would just be like, it would it would feel as for someone who like maybe went to the mountains and they came down to the city the air would be different everything would feel so out of place well it's like well you know it's it's kind of going back to like Toph really is a gross uncouth person that's how <laughs> who she's always been she's what she really is yes. and so the city does not is not a fit for her that's like who she had to pretend to be for her parents is like who she would have to be in the city but right. out in the swamp you know you know she can do nothing for days on end which just Cora complains about we didn't do anything yesterday or the day before that how about you tell me a story about your travels with avatar ang well it's it's like well i threw the i threw a bunch of rocks at the avatar he whined a lot Sokka fell in the hole at the end 
so concise <laughs> and ba- battling the fire lord it was really hot i think i was on an air- i was on an airship and i think a turtle showed up at one point <laughs> good times um i think all that was covered in the musical right yeah <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I think that she's trying to stay more hands-off, because, like, the last that we had seen her, she's like, this is your problem, and you have to find a way to deal with it. Um, and so this is her way of kind of just taking a step back. And in her own tough way, she's helping. Yeah, she she is forcing Cora to take an initiative of some kind, like... And then, like, just afterwards, she just tells her, like, go go get me some mushrooms for dinner. Like, I, I'm, I know I'm going to be hungry. You, you're you're going to go do the errands since you want to go do something. Right. And then, you know, Cora just kind of, and then Cora just kind of, like, storms off. And, you know, but as it turns out, Toph has an ulterior motive right. with all of that. But now, but then, like, speaking of food, we skip back over to the kids and Iki. They're, they're by a riverside somewhere in the Earth Kingdom, which I can only think is, it reminded me of the, that episode in Last Airbender where, um, like, when they were first traveling with Toph mm-hmm. and they're getting chased by Azula in that, like, you know, tank-like thing. Oh, yes. It kind of looks like, it's kind of looks like that same place, but Iki's looking through all, all the packs and she can't find the food. <laughs> Because Mila threw it all out. Because they have to live off the land. We're going to hunt for our food. We're vegetarians, Milo. <laughs> um, you can hunt vegetation, which we find that they cannot. <laughs> Milo certainly can. I mean, he can find vegetation, whether you should be eating it or not. Actually, you shouldn't. No, but, not at but, all. But Janora's trying to meditate. Milo is going to go off on his quest to find food. And so, like, Iki is just like, well, I'm just going to find, I guess, whatever you threw away. And so Iki just storm, Iki storms off, you know, trying to, find, like, you know, just agitated with both of her siblings. Like, you yeah. know, she's just walking around doing this. Like, oh, I'm Milo. I farted in appropriate moments. <laughs> oh, I'm Janora. <laughs> I'm all sage-like and wise because I meditate and blah, blah. Well, I mean, she doesn't really have... She's, she doesn't really have anything that's super special about her. Like, Milo is a wild card, mm-hmm. so, you know, people are drawn to him. And Janora is a master or whatever. But, like, she has always just been kind of there. I mean, sometimes she'll talk to someone, but, like, she's never stood out in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, she's always just been the spazzy kid. And this is, like, this, this is her time to shine. And boy, yeah. does she shine. She actually, she, as of right now, is my favorite side character. Just oh, with, yeah? this, with this next thing. Well, first she meets a little flying squirrel and causes him to drop his dinner so she she picks it up and chases after him mm-hmm. and then just like falls into like this like area where i guess it's like it it was like a clear cut like where just all the trees were chopped down by the earth empire and gets captured by what i am calling earth empire laurel and hardy that's that's <laughs> i don't know what the they didn't think they said the characters they didn't names they say them at all they're, they're laurel and hardy that's yeah. who they are uh, i love that that designation <laughs> it's uh, because it's it fits, yeah. Um, I mean, and they just had so many bits between the two of them. Like you know, the the smaller ones, the serious one, and the other ones just kind of like, all right, you know, things are happening. That's cool. Macaroons. <laughs> yeah, he's really into these macaroons that he found. And yeah, that was that's so great. They got Iki tied up to a chair, and they're like, you know, inter- like trying to like serious interrogate this. Like just scatterbrained child, mm-hmm. and then just like, are you a spy? And just no, I'm not a spy. I was sent out here on a mission by my dad Tenzin to find the Avatar Core, and he's going to be so disappointed if we don't come back with her. And she's like feeling really sad, and like 
you know the 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 fat guy just like just takes takes him takes his other friend aside. It's just like if we can capture both of Tencent's the all of Tencent's kids, that means major promotion, so we can get out of this dump. I like that as they're having this conversation, Jinora is just kind of like hanging out. She pulls her arms out the ropes and is just like, "Man, I'm having so much fun." Yeah, like Iki's just like in there for kind of the look of it. I don't think she even realizes that she's in any kind of danger. Right. I mean, she's not really like these two guys couldn't harm anyone. I yeah. really don't think. But like, even though like mo- like most people would be like, "I am tied to a chair. This is not good." But Iki's just like, "Ah, our mission." It's not going to be a success. <laughs> um, I feel like that was a very Aang kind of thing to do. Yeah. But he's like, I know I could take you out, but I mean, let's see what we can do here. Yeah. And then they come back and they're just like, why don't you tell us where your siblings are? You know, we want to get the family back together. And she's like, no, they're lame. I want to hang out with you guys. Yo, dude, toss me macaroon. Yes. <laughs> right in the mouth. Yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. But even at that moment, she asked, like, where'd you get those macaroons? It's like, I found this whole bag down by the river. <laughs> and there's even handwritten notes inside all of them. You're my most handsome little man. <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> Just because, like, I like that he, I like to imagine that he was this, like, attention-starved guy growing up. And, like, all of these, he's like, these were written specially for me from my mommy. <laughs> um, I could- yeah. So good. It's also, well, not skipping over a very th- important thing that scene, we hear from those two guys that, um, Kuvira's army is marching on Zalfu, like, right as they speak, and they're just like, oh, there's gonna be a big party, and it, this is apparently the last Earth Kingdom city that is, that is standing, that has not come to heal under Kuvira. Right. And I, man, this is, this is well, that epi- that's next episode and we have to we have to continue on and we're yeah. continuing on. we have but speaking of intense moments so Cora you know walking through the swamp she's following Toph's directions finds the the boulder with the, the rock with a hole in it and mm-hmm. then she just starts getting you know flashes and seeing visions of like all of her enemies and like the times in which they've like you know hurt like her. hurt her or you know ma- or like actually managed to damage her and it's just like this really intense and she falls down and she doesn't know how to deal with this and this is like you know the which is you know Toph tells her later this the swamp trying to speak with you because it knows you want to heal yourself Mm -hmm. but you have to face this and we're seeing that Korra isn't and yeah I mean she's definitely she's all about avoiding her issues and like and that's what I kind of had theorized when she was seeing her avatar form everywhere was just this it was her uh, avatar state trying to communicate with her, but she was always running away from it, so it had to get aggressive at some point. Um, and, like, Toph kind of just drove that home in that, like, she's avoiding the the idea of getting hurt in the future, and so it's it's essentially stifling her progress. And then we... And then just for, like, a, a quick, le- like, the, the this quick levity moment. So, like, Milo and Janor, the, the whole pur- purpose of this scene is to, one, set up that Milo really sucks at um, living <laughs> off the land. Yes. And that they notice that Iki is missing. But, oh, that was, uh, that it was, it was a funny but juvenile moment when he walks up with these, like, very, like, I don't know what kind of berries they were, but I'm, 
I'm the poison berries. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it was it was like surprisingly crude that you actually saw Pokey like throw up on screen. Right. Yeah. It was gruesome. So. <laughs> I, I like I was actually more disturbed by his face with just like the bags under his <laughs> eyes and like the purple in his teeth. <laughs> um that was it, it to me it was the equivalent of when uh Cora was getting the poison in her just like the dry lips was, and yeah. that whole thing. These the artists are really good at faces. Yeah, they are. But and now we skip as they like. Wait, Iki's missing. Oh, we better go do something. Then then we see Iki talking with Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're bonding right yeah. now. And then they're just like, and she's telling about their mission, and they bust out like a map. And they said, well, we have troops everywhere, you know, and nobody is reported seeing her. And then she points to the Great Swamp. She goes, what about here? And they're like, oh, that's the swamp. Nobody goes in there, and, and Iki just like putting it all together. It's like that's got to be it. Yeah. And then they're and then they're like, you know what? We're gonna help you. Let's get those ropes off you and get you back to your siblings. And then you know, Milo and Janora bust in and just knock them <laughs> sideways. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I mean, old times that would have been so heroic. I but guess. it's just like these guys were gonna help us. Ah, uh, I guess they're not. <laughs> Um, but it was nice that she, that, uh, Iki took the time to leave them some snacks and, uh, apologize. It was not, it was a good touch. I, again, that, I think that was my cementing moment. It was just like, I love you so much. And now we cut back to, speaking of the swamp, we cut back to, um, Toph and Cora in the swamp. Cora's just been sitting on this, like, tree branch, like, like, hugging her knees. And, like, Toph's like, have you found my dinner yet? (laughs) Where's my dinner? (laughs) It's like, I don't have time for this. And then that's when, you know, they, Toph goes and to, like, basically just, like, the breakdown, like, you know, giving it to her, like, in the top fashion, which is very much, like, I'm not going to be subtle about this, I'm not going to be coddling, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, you know, all of your enemies, she, because, of course, Toph knows about all of them, thanks to the swamp, Yeah, like, it's, like, all of them were out of balance, much in the same way that you are, they, they took their idea, you know, they had good, you know, ideology, oddly enough, you know, you know, um, Amon wanted equality. Yeah. Um, Unalak just wanted to, yeah, like, unite the, the spirits, spirits back. back. And Zaheer wanted to, you know, destroy despotism and, yeah. and freedom. But these, as she said, that they were all out of balance within themselves and they took their idea and that caused them to take their ideologies too far. Right. And, like, and that's why you've lost, t- why you can't get this metal out of you, what you, because you're, you're out of balance. You're carrying around all of those it's like all of those enemies it's yeah. like how can you fight a new threat when you're still fighting your, your old, old battles yeah and i like that scene because it also kind of highlights that it, the with the exception of unalak like Korra's enemies haven't all been like i'm evil just to be evil they've all had validity to everything that they do i mean it's just they are the extremes of what those points are yeah. i mean even kuvira not to keep harping on her but like even she isn't necessarily wrong i mean she has taken control where it doesn't belong to her but like they all have valid points yeah it's well, it really is like, well, you could say that Amon was just manipulating people and he was like truly a bad, but his cause wasn't bad. Like, right. you know, e- equal, like equality for non-benders. I mean, I could, per- if I was a non-bender in that world, like I could perfectly understand like, you know, how I would be at a disadvantage, possibly treated as a second class citizen. Yeah. You're and- living in a world with people with superpowers. Yeah. And then, I mean, Unalak, I don't, I don't even quite 
No, like he his whole thing was just like you know it was wrong with the with the what Avatar One did like separating the, the spirits from the human world. We we are supposed to live in harmony, but mm-hmm. he's he was also a power man despot. It was oddly enough Zaheer his his all of his philosophies and all of his like ways were like you know I could totally agree with him, but it was his methods that were off, right. You know, like I guess you know that's a, that's a good that's a good thing to know. Anytime when you're when you're go when one of your go to solutions to the problem is murder, <laughs> that's a bad sign. A little bit. So it's to get Korra back connected. Toph is just like I'm going to take you to the Banyan Grove tree, the huge tree that from season two of uh, Avatar, the, the 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 tree that's like right in the center of the swamp that yeah. the entire swamp basically spawned from. Mm-hmm. And, at, you know, at that moment that they're going there, you know, Iki has convinced them to go to the swamp and Milo and Janora are just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think this is such a good idea. And right. then the swamp itself is just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's right. It, Listen be- to your sister. Best ideas drags them down. <laughs> and still, even then, Milo and Janora are just like, no, there's nothing here. Janora's like, I can't sense her energy at all. And Iki's just like, you haven't sensed her energy the whole time. <laughs> Um, I mean, even after everything that they've done, I I, I was uh, annoyed that they still weren't listening to her. Yeah, it, at that point, it was it, it was like, come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, trust in your sister a little bit. Your family. Yeah, but you know, as but as they're arguing, Cora touches um, the Banyan Grove tree, sees through the roots, like I. I guess like just a spirit I is either spiritual energy and like in related to the way that Toph sees and saw all of them and then it's at that moment when Janora could like sense her spiritual essence yeah. and they all just like reunite underneath the banyan tree oddly enough I you know there there are like the, the parallels between Avatar like in that episode where they actually went to the swamp that's also mm-hmm. I believe where all of them ended up meeting up again yeah, it was I in the so. banyan tree yeah, yeah. Uh, the banyan tree unites us all so. It unites the whole world <laughs> in a very in a very creepy voyeuristic way with Toph. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what they're doing. Oh, using the bathroom again. <laughs> Gross. How oh, It's like maybe she needs some cranberry juice. She's been there. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this package from from a mysterious person. It's nothing but cranberry juice and cookies. Why? <laughs> and bran muffins. What? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> But the but it, it, but all the kids arrive and you know there there's a great you know just like reuniting scene where all, like it, you you do kind of forget that Cora trained with all of them in airbending like every single day so of course they're like she's almost like a big sister to them yeah and there's a nice embrace and then Toph's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing here yeah. too and then she and then she comes up and Milo's just like wait old cranky blind you must be Toph Bay Fong <laughs> I, I like this, this kid oh <laughs> uh, yes that so it's at that moment that like Cora for the first time hears from somebody we need the Avatar yeah like things are bad we need you back and you know I guess the, the, that's the only per- it, it is a weird perspective because like if you look at it well. Not a weird perspective. It's weird that the entire time, because everyone's been trying to coddle Korra and assure her that we got everything under control, mm-hmm. so that, you know, they want her to concentrate on healing, but that's, like, doing the exact... It's frustrating Korra. It's, you know, it's like her purpose is being taken away, and I guess they don't realize that that's what they're doing to her. Yeah. It almost would have been better the, if somebody had come up to her and it's like, so why aren't you healed yet? 
get on top of it. Because <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I guess that's like that, like maybe that's like really paradoxically, maybe that's what Cora needed was that yeah. somebody and it was, and was after that when she went to, they went back to Toph's cave and, you know, Cora's like, I'm ready. And then Toph's like, no, 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 no. You're going to do this this time. Yeah. This is all on you, kid. And Cora manages to, like, at that moment, she bends the metal out of her and then Toph seals it away. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think, because the whole thing about it is that the her journey was internal. Like, it's always yeah. been her own mental blockage, blockage that has kept her from healing, both physically and mentally. Um, so that was a really great moment. Um, I couldn't even imagine how much pain she must have been in bending that out of her own body. It looked like it was like it, it, it was kind of one of those things that like it was kind of painful at first but like as it came out like you could see that she was feeling better and then at the very end she connected with her avatar state. Right. And so like she's she's back. 100%. So. Cora's back baby. And in just in the nick of time. Yeah. As if you've seen the previews for the next episode, we'll see. But Cora now earns a hug from Toph, which is not not lightly given. Yeah. No, those aren't given out uh, easily. <laughs> and, you know, flies off with the kids. I don't know if they're going to Republic City or or where, probably to Republic City. Yeah, just to kind of check back in with Tenzin. Yeah, and then... Where and then if we see in the previews of next week, Zalfu is under attack from Kuvira and her forces, and I uh, apparently Kuvira is planning on using Bolin somehow. Oh, to, really? I think I think it's to convince because I can't see Bolin. That this is the thing I can't see Bolin actually attacking or lo- using his lava bending to somehow hurt Zalfu because that's. Yeah, it's yeah. against his character. It's against his character, and then, like, it's also, that's Opal's home, and... Yeah. Like, I'm not sure, maybe it'll be a dark turn for him, but <laughs> we'll have to see next week, and that wraps us up for this episode, and just, I guess, like, really excited, we're gonna have to see what the Battle of Zalfu, I don't know, actually, I don't think that's the next title <laughs> of the next episode, but that's what's gonna be happening. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about it. It should be really good. Bring us back to action. And and we get to see those mechs. Yes. The battle suits. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the week. Um, don't forget to find us on YouTube and iTunes. Please five-star comment and let us know how we're doing. And um, Mr. Miller, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also find me on Tuesdays on the Flash panel and the new Constantine panel on Sundays. How about yourself? Well, you can find me on Twitter at at NowQuick, and I'm also on the Attack on Titan panel. Last episode next week, so be sure to tune in for that. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 